Hello and welcome to Boiled Down. I'm your host, Greg Astley, Director of Government Affairs for the Oregon Restaurant and Lodging Association. Joining me today from the Orla team is Wendy Popkin, Director of the Orla Education Foundation. Welcome, Wendy. Hi, Greg. So we've had uh, several events in the last month or so, including one that we're going to talk a lot about today, the Pro Start uh, competition uh, that we had recently in Salem. Uh, there really hasn't been a lot of downtime because you're getting on a plane soon to head back to D.C. That's right. It's been a really excited, exciting month. So as you mentioned, we had our state competition March 18th. So it's all part of Orla's Education Foundation mission, which is workforce. And that has to do with recruitment, retention, and advancing. So that gets us in some really interesting arenas. So in addition to ProStart, uh, last week we were involved in a youth opportunity job fair, which was really inspiring. Yeah. And it helped get the programs that we offer out in front of a number of different agencies that are in a position to use those for training. So that was great. Probably the best part was being with the students and seeing how thankful they are for those kinds of opportunities and interacting with them. That always, you know, gets me going like it does with ProStart. Sure. We were also involved in the Career and Technical Education Task Force that the Department of Education is doing. Really excited about that because it's the first time the food service, hospitality, and tourism industry has been at the table with the Department of Education talking about the kinds of things that are important to industry for these CTE yeah. sessions and how what we can bring to the table to become involved and really promote our industry more to the schools and the students so they understand the pathways and opportunities we have. And um, then I think in a week or whatever day this is, we're, <laughs> we, are, we have a workforce pilot on the coast where we're actually using a number of different training techniques and certifications to help people looking for jobs get skills so they can enter our industry. That's great. Well, when it comes to ProStart, I think Whitney Houston said it best, right? I believe the children are our future. That's, Absolutely. That's you know, what we're going to talk it's about. It's so funny you said that because I actually put that on my Facebook, my own personal Facebook page um, on Friday. Well, today we do have a couple of great interviews uh, getting into the ProStart program. We're going to have Martha Humphreys and Shane Wilder from Willamette High School. And then Corey Schreiber from Cisco Portland is going to join us. But first, we want to make sure you're getting the most out of your membership. And to help you do that, we'd like to highlight a benefit that you may or may not be aware of. Did you know members get discounted rates when taking ServeSafe training? Orla's ServeSafe Manager Training provides in-depth training blending the latest FDA food code, food safety research, and years of food sanitation training experience. Managers learn to implement essential food safety practices and create a culture of food safety. You can learn more at orlatraining.com. If you're not a member, visit OregonRLA.org, where you can join and start taking advantage of the many growing benefits. And now, I'm excited to introduce our first guests, Martha Humphreys, culinary arts teacher at Willamette High School, Shane Wilder, Willamette High School student. Welcome to Boil Down. Thank you. We're going to start with my co-host, Wendy Popkin, uh, executive director for the Orla Education Foundation. And Wendy, for those listeners, and I can't believe there would be anybody out there that doesn't know this, but what is ProStart and what are the goals of the program? Actually, I'm really glad you're asking that question, Greg, because there's a lot of people in the industry that aren't aware about what ProStart is. ProStart is a career and technical education program. It's in the high schools. It's meant to be career exploration for students interested in the food service industry. It's actually part of a national initiative where all 50 states have ProStart programs. There's over 125,000 students involved. Wow. Yeah, which is great. We have about 3,000 in Oregon and about 36 schools. 
That's fantastic. Now you said it's a career and technical education program, right? So we short term that as a CTE, right? Yep. Like anything, there's lots and lots of acronyms to <laughs> kick around, but CTE is the acronym if they hear that. So what need is this CTE program serving in our industry? As an industry, we don't do a particularly good job with helping individuals understand the variety of jobs in our industry and also a career pathway. So a student might start at McDonald's, have a great experience for that first job, and then say, well, that's not what I want to do for the rest of my life. And so they leave. So they think there's nothing else in food service for them to do. And they don't realize, well, um, I could be a cook. But I could also be a food photographer Mm -hmm. or I could also work on a cruise ship, you know, all these different things. So career and technical education is meant to help students understand the variety of opportunities that we have in the industry. One of my favorite pieces we share is something called 218 Jobs in the Industry. Uh And it always takes people by surprise because we don't do a good job currently of promoting that on a regular basis. Yeah. Well, there are a lot of opportunities. Like you said, we're uh, the industry of first opportunity and second chances. And uh, certainly it's a good place to start for young people as well. Yeah, so with that, I wanted to talk a little bit to one of our um, veteran teachers, Martha Humphreys. Martha has been with us for, we, 22 years. She was one of the pioneers when the program was being piloted, so I'm really excited that she's here with us today. Um, Martha, can you tell me a little bit about what you see as how ProStart fits into your school's career and technical education goals? Uh, Once ProStart came along, it really defined how to teach this um, whole curriculum. Before that, I was kind of fledging with it, but ProStart gave me the curriculum, the textbooks, um, everything, and of course then the culminating activity is this competition. And that really helps um, define everything for a student in the program. So it fits perfectly is as far as my teaching ability and really making some of these students very successful. So 22 years, Wendy mentioned, is, is how long you've been doing this. What, what keeps you motivated in terms of, I mean, every year you've got uh, some new students, I would assume, maybe some students that come back year after year, but um, what keeps you doing it? The smiles on their faces <laughs> and just to see them just blossom and grow. And the main thing I really see them develop is teamwork, sanitation and safety, and just the cooking skills. It's just a marvel to observe and see how much they progress in those areas. Well, Martha, in that regard, how do you feel the course specifically helps prepare students for the real world? What do you see when you get a student in, you know, who doesn't have any experience in something like this, and then once they participate in ProStart? Just their comfort level in the kitchen. You know, they'll they'll get there and they think they can do everything, and then they find out they don't. Mm-hmm. And so I really specify a lot on knife skills, the classic cuts, the safety and sanitation. Teamwork is huge, even in the classroom. And just they're willing to work hard and that's what it is you you work hard in this career sure that that that's great insight to offer students as well and mm-hmm. i've seen even going into a classroom from the beginning to the end and watching a team grow must be very rewarding. I'm so glad that you're doing it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Yeah, at the beginning of your answer there, I saw Shane nodding his head. So I think we're going to turn our <laughs> attention to him now and uh, find out a little bit about you. So Shane, uh, let us know what year in school you are and uh, maybe how long you've been taking these ProStart classes. Yeah, I'm a senior at Willamette High School. 
Um, this is my second year in the program and uh, also second year as a part of the Pro Star team at Willamette. Um, yeah, and it's been a great experience so far. Shane, I know that you were our Oregon Pro Start Student of the Year, and congratulations. I was Thank really you. excited to read your application. Can <laughs> you tell us a little bit about what your future goals are? Yeah. Um, I have this this kind of goal I've, uh, I guess, formulated within the last year. Um, it's kind of worked in tandem with my uh, interest in learning Spanish in school and uh, um, in that regard. And so I, my current goal... Um, was to eventually move to Spain and kind of be a part of that food scene there. And um, it's, you know, obviously very uh, progressive and modern, which is something that I'm very interested in as in regards to cooking. That's an interesting goal and exciting. Yeah. That's great. I'm sorry we're going to be losing you to a visiting team, though. That's, <laughs> it sounds like we might need to work on that. So, um, You know, I'm always impressed, Shane. I mean, I've been a part of Pro Start for years now as a timer and, and involved here with Orla and uh, what you guys can do with two burners, <laughs> no electricity, no running water, um, is just frankly amazing to me. Uh, they're five-star dishes that you guys put out. <laughs> and so, um, that's impressive. Um, but what's your favorite dish to make? I mean, when you actually have a real kitchen that you can work with. <laughs> I think that's probably, uh, it's a tough question for me. I always, I get it a lot when telling people about, uh, pro star, but, um, actually probably one of my favorites so far that I've worked with is Bahia from Spain. From Spain, from yes, Spain. of course. Yeah, it's, uh, I've cooked it up a couple times now, and it, was, it gets better each time, and it's really, really good. Do you have the special paella pan? Um, no, I've had to make deal with what I got, but <laughs> it's, it's been turning out. It's on my wish list. All right, <laughs> nice. Good to know. Well, uh, Wendy, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, the Pro Start event, um, and then when the National Pro Start Invitational is, and how teams get to nationals. We are really excited, and that's why we have Willamette here today. They were part of our state competition, which was held in March. We have um, it's 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 very much like a sports team, Greg. You know, the the best comes to finals, and then it's kind of a process of elimination. As you alluded to, it's a sequence where they cook two gourmet meals, three courses each, using no running water, electricity, and two butane burners. And um, so Willamette did a great job and uh, won first place. We also have a competition on the management side, which is more about restaurant concept and operations and those kinds of things. So we have another team, South Salem, that will be coming with us, joining Willamette to be Team Oregon. So every state does a state competition, and then we go to nationals. So the uh, National Pro Start Invitational is May 8th through 10th in Washington, D.C., and we are excited to be leaving pretty quickly. And just like a sports team, you've got fans, I think, that are going to be joining the teams. Is that correct? This is really great. Yeah, I think we have seven supporters coming for Willamette alone. It includes grandmas, parents, girlfriends. It's, it's really great. And it's such an exciting event to be part of. It's nice it'll be in D.C. We'll have some fun there, too. Now, I, I know Martha's been before, so we're going to talk to her in a minute about that, Wendy. But what what can the teams expect for those of our listeners who may not understand what this means? I mean, you alluded to, you know, it's kind of like the national championship for uh, basketball or other sports. What can they expect at the competition, the format, the the whole? It's really a nice event because industry is so involved and supportive, which is really a key to ProStart. If you're a career and technical education program and you don't have any interaction with industry, then you really don't get that side of it. So national, there's a really nice uh, 
job and business kind of career fair. We have a lot of interaction with judges who come from all over the country. And the format is similar, the competition to ours, but again, you get the varsity team. And so we will be competing against the best of the best from each state. Yeah. It's a pretty frantic sequence that takes a little over an hour. That's fantastic. And so, Martha, I do want to throw it back over to you here because you have participated at the national level before. In fact, I'm looking at my notes, and it looks like you've been back three times, uh, 2004, 2007, Mm -hmm. and as recently as 2018. So Mm back-to-back nationals, right? Yeah, that was one of my teaching goals before I retire, and I did it. So um, with the help of my wonderful students on the team also, that is very exciting. And it was I just can't explain the excitement when you hear your school's name mentioned as the winner. It's it's just the best feeling ever because you worked so hard up to that point. And so it's just a wonderful feeling and a wonderful um, way to end the season for them to make this fabulous trip. Yeah. Well, like other great teachers and coaches, as Wendy kind of alluded to, you know, the, that whole, if you, if you want to look at the sports analogy, what have you learned from previous championships that you're sharing with your team this year to help them prepare? Um, I wrote some notes down so I wouldn't forget, but it's just getting them organized. So they learn that skill very well. It's a very important trip and you have to have parent support. So I'm always in contact with the parents. Um, administration support, very key. Last year, we were so fortunate for our principal to travel with us. So that was her first experience of seeing what it's really like. That's great. She'd come to practices before, but for her to be there and live it with us was very, very supportive. So she's been very supportive ever since financially and just everything. I can go to her and say, I kind of need help with this. And she will, she will be all in. Great. Um, also, um, getting support from other sources. So our boosters at the school, very supportive. They love our program. Mm -hmm. And so whenever I go and I need money for this or I need money for that, I always get it. Yeah. So that's nice. Um, when we're there, it's just so nice to watch what other states are doing, what they're making, what equipment they're using, how creative they are as far as their organization. I just take tips from that, and so do they. They'll go around and observe other states also, and they'll critique and say, did you see how they did that? And, <laughs> you know, it's just funny how they think they're... Um, the professionals now <laughs> and um yeah that's mostly oh and just the teamwork it's fun to watch all the other teams and their communication and how their teamwork is working and so forth so that's it's so valuable all of this is so valuable to them for when they leave and go into the career of food service yeah I'm going to throw a curveball at you here for just a second. So um, I've noticed watching the Oregon competition that occasionally, or or more often than not maybe, you see local ingredients. You know, we see hazelnuts and Mm -hmm. we see venison and we see, you know, blackberries and marionberries. And do you see that at the national level as well? Do you see kind of regional or local flavors in Um, the dishes? Okay, so mostly... The Pacific Northwest will always do fish, uh-huh. which I think the judges want to see that. We always throw in hazelnuts. And what else have we done? I forgot. Um, we, yeah, we try to do 
local um, produce and products that are known for Oregon because I think the national judges, they're intrigued by that. They want to see you support what is grown locally for you. So, yeah, we try to always incorporate well, and if everybody made fried chicken, how much, oh. how good would it be, right? Well, ours would be best. Well, that's but, true, yeah. but yes. <laughs> <laughs> but we've always done fish because I think to get um, wild salmon, or we did halibut last year, mm-hmm. I think the judges are really looking forward to that. Yeah. Rather and than, fish can be so difficult to cook, so mm-hmm. it's a really nice skill, yeah. which is really what the competition is all about. It's Sometimes dishes are very fancy and upscale, but you don't necessarily get a higher score just because it's fancy. Mm -hmm. What they're Mm -hmm. really looking for is technique, both in terms of cooking and then as Martha also, well, flavor flavor. certainly, but also the way that it was prepared team-wise. Did one Mm -hmm. person out of five cook it? You know, the entire meal or was a really good interaction like you would need in a kitchen. Right. Mm -hmm. So Shane, talking about returning... We had the pleasure of going together last year yeah, when, so when Willamette fun. won. What do you? What did you learn at last year's event when you're helping um, your fellow teammates prepare? What kinds of things are you saying to them? Yeah, certainly a big part of it is since I'm the only returning member is kind of passing on that wisdom from last year. And there's really so many things. It's kind of um, it's been fun kind of sharing that with that experience with them. I think there are a lot of like Miss Humphrey says teamwork. Um, overall organization sanitation you'll you learn those things the more we practice and then from nationals how other schools are doing that and what they expect of you there um so going uh through our scores from nationals up from last year also is very has helped a lot kind of see what okay what do we need to improve on um in certain areas and making sure we can uh you know make use of those critiques this year and um focusing on the areas that we can control um like sanitation uh, an organization those are things that we have the ability to practice and those can carry on no matter what um, so getting good scores in that I think is very important um, are you talking at all to your teammates about how to participate at the competition you know meet other schools and- yeah I was going to go into that a little bit I think that's something maybe we didn't take as much advantage of last year and mm. that was one of the things that I learned was okay there's so many other schools so many other uh teams from around the country that are all have this one same passion for cooking and have put just as much time into it as you have and so talking to them and just getting information from them making new friends that kind of thing is something I really want to kind of take advantage of this oh that's great I'm glad to hear that you're doing that that'll be fun yeah well um, Martha you've done such a good job with with teaching and had so many students over the last 22 years and I know you know students like Shane are going to go far and it's fun to keep in touch and very hear far what they're he's going doing. to Spain he's going to Spain yeah good point Greg thanks <laughs> <laughs> but um I was wondering is there any particular story you can share in terms of a student you've stayed in touch with and what's what's happening with them well one in particular always comes to mind when I'm asked that and that's Jesus Diaz Um, I had him in class probably five or seven years ago. I can't remember exactly now, but he has come back. He went to OCCI, Oregon Coast Culinary Institute in North Bend, and he just shined there. It was like his passion for the whole thing just really blossomed while he was there. And he went on to work at various restaurants in the Portland area, but he always came back. I'd always kept in contact with him. I said, 
do you want to come down and help us? And he, he always has. And he was very instrumental in our win last year because last year he actually lived in Eugene for a year and just was there every practice. And he just really wants to give back to our high school. And now he's in um, Napa Valley working at a restaurant there. I don't remember the name, but he always wanted to go to Napa Valley and really oh, there's working. a lot happening there yeah. I can understand so and then, that's uh, what he's doing now but he is still kept in contact with the students they'll text him send pictures of our meal and say how should we plate this and how about these flavors and he still is part of it and he is coming back in a week or so and he's going to work with them on knife skills and everything mm, before terrific. we go that's great that's great it's nice to see that. Well, so for both Wendy and Martha, um, I, I want to talk a little bit about another piece of the program because uh, there's there's not only the event itself, um, but really the program relies on industry involvement uh, to kind of help foster that real world connection. And so, you know, how important are industry mentors to the success of the program? And Martha, let's start with you. Well, recently we were um, connected with Ryan McFell at Curtis restaurant equipment there in um, Springfield. And he has just been marvelous. He's really adopted us, and he's even going to be here today during our practice session. And he wanted to come to the Nationals, but he can't work it out. I hope he can change that and make it work. But yeah. He came to the competition, uh, the state competition, he sat with us. I mean, he's just been there for us. During practice, did he offer some input and both with management and... Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, management. He helped a lot with manage my management team as far as um, design. And he suggested equipment to include in their floor plan. And, and just he also helped them with... Um, the critical thinking part of the competition. So, because he's been in restaurants before working in restaurants. So that was very helpful. So he's totally, he's totally in with us. And I think he's going to start working with other local high schools in our area. Well, that's great. So Wendy, what can you offer from the perspective of somebody who's been doing this for a while as well? Well, I would say that this new partnership that we were able to bring, you know, to Willamette has been wonderful on all sides. I know that Ryan has been, you know, very excited about it, as Martha mentioned. But we do that on a global scale, too. So we bring in individual relationships. We try to cultivate like this one between Willamette and Curtis, but then also looking at it on an ongoing basis. Because, of course, a competition is only the capstone of the event or excuse me, of the program. Mm -hmm. And so there's ongoing needs. And as I mentioned earlier, career exploration, also skill building. So, you know, just like Jesus coming back to help mm -hmm. with, with knife skills. Our teachers are wonderful, but they're not in the industry. So it's really nice to get industry perspective about what's going on, trends in food, um, also skill building. What kinds of things should you be looking at? So when Shane goes to Spain to have an idea of the <laughs> kinds of, you know, opportunities that he right. might have there, and then also the things he might be wanting to think about to prepare. We also really rely on the industry to help sponsor the program. Mm -hmm. So we're able to create a significant assistance with travel. We pay for the hotel rooms and the airlines mm -hmm. for both of our schools. And that's solely because of industry sponsorship and support. So I would say it's pretty important to yeah. us. <laughs> well, and also I would imagine that I know a piece of this is the cost analysis of the, the meal that they prepare, but also 
I mean, just like any team, you're practicing, and you guys are practicing with live food, if you will, right? So, I mean, there's always that cost of having to supply those proteins and, and the side dishes and everything. I imagine that industry mentors can help with that as well. They can. I haven't reached out to them enough for that, but... Um, oh, actually, I have in the past. I've gone to a seafood place to help them um, donate seafood, and they very generously did. But I am very fortunate at my school. I have a pretty pretty good budget for the year, so I've been able to manage my classes and the team practices within my budget. That's great. I'm, I'm imagining that you feed the boosters some of those meals as well. That oh, helps we always probably. give them dessert. Yeah. And I always go, I do a school board presentation. They love us also. Of and course. We, we always bring them a dessert for that too. <laughs> well, and Martha, you've been so smart over the 22 years about keeping awareness of her program. Some of our other schools, either there's newer teachers or there's been transitions, and so it's more difficult for them. So your question about industry support can come in so many different ways. Definitely food donation is one of them, equipment help. Many of our schools are still working in home ec kitchens. Mm. So sometimes there are opportunities for casts off that they can use that are good for being able to practice on industry standard equipment, even if it's not the latest and greatest addition. Coming into the classroom, providing uh, job shadows and tours and things. There's all kinds of ways that the industry can get involved. And I would just add... You know, I've been doing this for seven years now. In my first competition, I had no idea what it was going to be about. And I had to recruit 20 volunteers to help. And they were all my friends. And they just did it begrudgingly. <laughs> and then after that, they all wanted to come back. Sure. Because being around the teachers and the students, as you know, yes. you're hooked too now. <laughs> Greg is my lead timer. It's like, I know you block that out on your calendar, which I really appreciate. Every year. But I see a smile on your face when you do it too. So. Yeah, of course. No, it's a lot of fun. So. Uh, We are going to hear from one of those industry representatives in just a moment, Uh, but for right now, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll come back to Boil Down. Great. Thank you. Oregonians care about their food. From our well-regarded dining scene to an abundance of fresh, locally sourced ingredients to the highest quality of culinary innovation, Oregon's food industry is second to none. But leading the way means we're responsible to stop wasting this precious resource. As food professionals, we have the power to eliminate food waste. Explore foodwastestopswithme.org to learn more about how to reduce food waste in your kitchen. You'll find important tools for starting a food waste reduction program, video testimonials, webinars, and case studies from businesses that have successfully integrated waste reduction strategies into their restaurants, lodging, and catering operations. You can also get connected to a waste reduction specialist who will help you evaluate your current practices. Visit foodwastestopswithme.org to learn more about how you can reduce food waste in your kitchen. All right, welcome back to Boiled Down, Oregon Restaurant and Lodging Association's podcast. We are discussing Oregon's ProStart program with Wendy Popkin, director of the Orla Education Foundation. And now I'm very excited to introduce Corey Schreiber from Cisco Portland. Welcome, Corey. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You bet. Well, Corey, I'm just so excited about your involvement. I really appreciate all the support that you give to the foundation and to ProStart in so many different ways. I know that um, our teachers and students are always impressed when they hear about your background, and I wanted to ask you just to tell us a little bit about yourself because you do have such amazing experience. Yeah, the reflection goes back farther than I care to talk about. Um, (laughs) My family started a restaurant in Portland in 1907. 
And so I started working there when I was 11. But I think most importantly, I started my apprenticeship because Oregon used to have an apprenticeship program through the ACF and through the Chef de Cuisine Society. And I actually had it through Weston Hotels at the time because they ran their own apprenticeship program. And that started for me in 1979. It was three and a half, four-year commitment. And so I think that was part of why I really understood how mentoring was critical. I always say that if a chef like Xavier Bowser, who's still alive, actually was my chef there for four years. If he had not got a hold of me at that young age, I think I would have ended up in some very undesirable places. So I always appreciate that. It's good you ended up in the kitchen. Yes, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> yeah. You know, something that I realize, I don't know your official role at Cisco, Corey, what you do for, for work when you're not helping us out. Well, Cisco or Wilsonville, Portland has about 525 employees, and out of that mix, there are two chefs. So we're the only two, Ryan Blightree and myself, um, handle all the food that comes from the warehouse, comes upstairs. Most of what we do is show it to customers uh, and talk about it either in the recipe format or opening menu format or testing format or what they call cuttings when we're doing things side by side to show people chicken breast or french fries or a sauce or whatever it might be. So we're just like really, really deep into touching and handling, evaluating, photographing, recipeing, and then most importantly, talking about the food. You know, the, in terms of like how it fits in the menus and, and really, you know, trying to influence the market, you know, and Cisco has a very large reputation and we touch a lot of things and we do local foods and obviously foods for larger uh, companies and so on, too. So it's incredibly wide lens, uh, but incredibly interesting when you get in when you're like me now over 40 years in the industry and you want to stay engaged. I mean, working at Cisco is great because you get to see you finally can comprehend the industry as a whole as opposed to a little microorganism. Well, I'm amazed with that kind of a, a work schedule and the other stuff that you do with a podcast that we mentioned a little bit before we came on the air here that, that you have time. But um, what do you enjoy most about your involvement with the foundation and ProStart? I mean, you're involved here with us and we appreciate that so much. But what do you get out of that? I mean, I must have started like 12 or 14 years ago, and I even oversee some of the work down in Ashland when the high schools compete down there at the Ashland Culinary Festival. And I, it's just been full on now since I was an apprentice, you know, because I realized the importance that we need to cultivate the industry constantly. There's no be-all, end-all to this. And, and you know, I can anybody can say after 40 years it's changed, right? <laughs> it always changes. Right. I, I think we're kind of at a critical point. Um, you know, when you start tying in the dietitian part of it, the chemistry part of it, the science, the community part of it, mm -hmm. uh, the changing of equipment that's going on, uh, the cost of opening restaurants, I mean, it becomes more complicated. But for what these young cooks are about to engage on or food service managers, uh, I want them to understand that it's a much wider business than just like being behind the stove. So yeah. they have to pay attention to so many angles. They're responsible for so much. So yeah. not easy. Needs a, needs a background, needs mentors, needs good schooling. That's great. Well, let's talk about that a little bit, Wendy. So um, you've been involved for over seven years now, and obviously Cisco has been a great partner for us. How has their support of the program grown over the years and, and maybe even expanded beyond the, just the financial sponsorship? And I say just the, but that's a big part of it as well, right. obviously. Yeah, being so. a nonprofit, that's a pretty critical yeah. part of the support <laughs> as well. But, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd comment on what you said, Corey, in terms of how things have changed and certainly the industry from a job perspective has changed the diversity of jobs we offer based on technology and emerging cuisines and all those kinds of things but also the difficulty that we have 
in in recruiting and keeping employees. And so Cisco has always been an active supporter of Orla in many different ways. And I think they were very strategic when they saw that workforce really commits, or excuse me, workforce really affects all of our partners. So all the restaurants that they work with, all the food suppliers that they work with. And so they wanted to engage more actively in the foundation and its programs because that's what we're geared towards. So when we started seven years ago, we had the pleasure of several Cisco judges, you know, as Corey mentioned, came to the competition and helped us out. And it's just grown into a really great partnership. We actually had our educators day at Cisco uh, in the fall, and we focused on some things that were important to our teachers, which were sustainability and uh, those kinds of principles. And of course, Corey and his team are deeply committed to those. So it's just been an ongoing, nice relationship that we keep finding ways that we can support each other and um, together support the schools and the students. Yeah. Well, and um, you mentioned the the workforce piece of that. And so Corey, I want to ask you as a, as a past restaurant owner and restaurateur, you've likely experienced the difficulties in hiring a qualified workforce, you know, finding people who can, who can be dependable and reliable and have those skills. How do you feel programs like ProStart uh, can most effectively help train and inspire the future workforce that we're looking for? Well, building the foundation, I think from the beginning, having a pretty uh, fixed set of goals in terms of like recipes, menu development, product handling, seasoning, uh, kitchen efficiencies, food safety, uh, all those things, you know, just in the basis part, uh, aspect in the development and, and nailing that down. And I don't, it doesn't need to be overly complicated. I mean, I think that ProStart and what the high schools do, and then the thought that the students were kind of headed toward more of the community college kind of associate's degree approach is really, really smart. I mean, because what employers want are just skilled and sometimes unskilled because they're willing to develop. Sure. Uh, but, but no matter what the kind of nomenclature is or the work culture is in a restaurant, a hotel, food service, airline, ocean, I mean, whatever it is, because <laughs> uh, they're all different. Some yeah. expect people to be like, you know, so-called fork ready. Uh, and that's not always fair. And some chefs like want to take students in, uh, pa- you know, past uh, the basic education, if you will, and then form them on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, and the students will navigate that and find out what works for them. They want to fix template or they want a place where they can really kind of be, be a bigger part of it. So I think it, it depends. But building that foundation like ProStart really assists in doing is, is key. So since you have been involved in so many different ways before, Corey, what would be your advice to someone else considering getting involved in ProStart or another food service training program? Well, first and foremost, you know, just realizing that, you know, the development of the next generation. I mean, you have to have that somewhere in your, your line of sight, if you will, uh, and, then I, and realizing how important that is. Uh, and then maybe carving out the way that you want to be involved in it. I mean, Cisco is very fortunate in terms of that it has a pretty wide reach and, and, and has some depth to what it can offer, you know, whether it's going to be scholarship funds or whether it's going to be the template or whether it's going to be judging ongoing. But I think the way they should always look at it is don't just vest in for that one time, yeah, I want my name on the poster type mentality. I mean, really look at it as you're partnering with this on a deeper level and don't put any end game on when it might uh, come to some conclusion because it really doesn't. It doesn't. I appreciate that advice. I yeah. really do. And that ongoing relationship is so important. There's some really nice stories about lifelong relationships that have been built with students who've become employees or become supporters of yeah. the organization because we all are, you know, in that age group when you're you're looking for a mentor, you're looking for someone to help you and when you provide that kind of support, people are your heroes. Yeah. So, um speaking of heroes, Cisco recently expanded their support with uh, a new scholarship. Why don't you tell everybody about that? Um, 
I think, again, taking it one step further in terms of like financial commitment to ensure that linkage, you know, that students do get some help along the way after they advance beyond, you know, the basic programs, because they, they, they do need that footing, you know, and I think Cisco understands that that's kind of a lot we needed to help uh, assist with a launch pad, you know, because I think it is, I mean, I'm not saying that when you get to the end of the education and then high school's over and you're like, oh, that was great, <laughs> and now what happens, I think I'll go to a different school. I mean, I think that they realized that we wanted to kind of create, you know, a way to cross that bridge, you know, and that, that, that requires finance to do that. Well, and the scholarships are so significant. Um, Greg, I'm not sure if I had a chance to mention this to you, but there's actually going to be two new scholarships, and they're both $2,500 each. Wow. So that makes a good dent in tuition. Definitely get somebody on their feet, um, and which is often a barrier to secondary education. That's Post-secondary right. education is the cost of it. Yeah. Well, we heard from one of our previous guests, uh, Shane Wilder from Willamette High School, that he's received a couple of scholarships and is hoping that maybe at Nationals he'll be able to get a couple of more to go to culinary school, which obviously will help with that. So that's it's terrific. And we even do that uh, down in Ashland at the Culinary Festival. We'll be holding just a Saturday competition with teens from uh, um, South Medford and from Ashland. And we'll have private donors step up and drop $1,500 into a bucket uh, in order to create a scholarship fund right there on the moment you know wow. so uh, those are people that again see the same thing we see and they want to they know that motivating it is through financial means and uh, the expression on the students uh, faces the winning teams in particular uh, and when they hear that news I, I mean they just levitate off the ground you know what, how much it means to them so I, I think if people could see that uh, in action it really would create a lot more private uh, contribution also well, and it's welcoming, welcoming them into the family, yeah. the family of food service and hospitality. That's so right. it's another way to show how hospitable our industry really is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, just looking at, at some of the, the changes, we talked a little bit about uh, different things, and I had the opportunity to talk with uh, Chef Bokar from Ringside Steakhouse at our food show recently. He was talking about uh, techniques, you know, the changes that you see in that, and technology, things like the sous vide and what that means for the industry. Um the, the students of today that are in ProStart and that are working through some of these programs have a lot of uh, obviously great opportunities in front of them with all of that uh, technology at their fingertips and, and techniques. What's the one thing that you hope a student comes out of the ProStart competition, you know, the education piece of it with when they go out into the workforce? I think the, one of the biggest challenges, and they probably have a much better mindset on this than I would have at their age, uh, given the way that I was taught classically, is that really understanding how to use the technology, how to use the equipment, and a real fair way to compress labor. I mean, as much as we don't want to talk about it right now, sure. you do have this huge labor issue, consolidation of it, uh, unavailability of it sometimes, too, in food service, hospitality. So I think they have to look at what is available. And really, you know, the way that I was taught saying that's a 12-cook kitchen, they have to look at that and say that's a six-cook kitchen. How do, we make, how do we use technology? How do we use equipment and compress that? But still offer these handcrafted experiences uh, in dining you know yeah. and it's totally feasible because of what's happened with technology but that's a hard equation that requires some uh, serious math <laughs> yeah well <laughs> if the efforts that they put forth in these competitions are any indication uh, I mean I, I said it before I am constantly amazed and impressed by the fact that they put out what I would consider to be five-star dishes mm -hmm. with two butane mm -hmm. burners no running water no electricity um, mm -hmm. I, I think the future looks very bright for ProStart and the workforce yeah. Chef, would you say also that one of the things they really learn is that whole aspect of teamwork and professionalism working together? So whether you're in a 12-cook kitchen or you're in a 6-cook kitchen, it doesn't matter what equipment you have if the people don't know how to work together, right? That's 
And that's that's one of the reasons or one of the feeders once they get into the business is that sense of unity and an equanimity that goes with it. You know, if you can get the synchronized kitchen that is uh, not speaking to each other but working as one unit, uh, people feed on that and mm-hmm. they stay with it. And they only want to work, you know, sometimes in environments which actually encourage that. Because we know there are environments that don't necessarily encourage that type of unified working, but yeah. once they find it, it's where they stay and that's where they probably meet their highest expectations, you know. Yeah, that's great. All right. We're going to take another quick break. We'll come back with the Advocacy Watch. Oregon is known for its vibrant and innovative food scene. As food professionals, we celebrate the richness of our natural resources, but truly cherishing our food means not wasting it. We have the power to eliminate food waste. From ordering just enough to using tip to tail and root to leaf, we show our colleagues and customers what's really possible and delicious. The good news is there's free support available to help your business get started. Visit foodwastestopswithme.org today to schedule an appointment with a waste reduction specialist. They'll help you evaluate your current practices, identify areas where you can reduce waste in your kitchen, and provide you with on-site staff training and educational resources. Go to foodwastestopswithme.org to schedule your appointment and start reducing food waste in your kitchen today. Welcome back. It's time for Advocacy Watch. This is where we boil down some of the local, state, and national government affairs issues that you should be aware of. We recently passed a deadline in the Oregon State Legislature where bills that did not get a hearing in their uh, first chamber, so if a bill was introduced, say, in the House and did not move from its initial committee, it's considered, uh, quote-unquote, dead. One of those uh, is Senate Bill 7, which would have lowered the blood alcohol content from 0.08 to 0.05 to be considered impaired uh, while you were driving. And so um, that is good news for our industry. There are several others. You can go to the website OregonRLA.org slash GA to get more information on those bills. It is a very fluid time right now in the state capitol. Uh, We are still tracking over 100 bills, and uh, those are in committees where they're still liable to get hearings or work sessions. Uh, We just have to figure out which ones are going to move forward. And uh, at this time, there are still a lot of big decisions to be made on some of the larger issues, including cap and trade, uh, paid family and medical leave, and, of course, uh, any kind of uh, gross receipts or corporate activity tax. So we'll be monitoring all of that for you. One of the ways that you can continue to support our efforts on the advocacy side is, well, one big night. Uh, That's coming up Tuesday, June 4th at the Sentinel Hotel in Portland. You can be a part of the annual dinner and auction, which is a benefit for the hospitality industry. Get your seats, buy a table uh, or a single ticket. Of course, we always recommend you bring some friends. Get an auction item donated, uh, either from yourself or one of your friends, and become a sponsor. Uh, We like to see everybody that we can at this event. It's our biggest event for raising money for the Political Action Committee, and that helps us do our job on the advocacy side. You can always email us, info at OregonRLA.org. Keep those emails coming and let us know not only your government affairs questions, but any opinions that you might have and, of course, what's going on in your area. You're the best source of information that we have as an industry. I'd like to say thank you again to Martha Humphreys, culinary arts teacher at Willamette High School, Shane Wilder, Willamette High School student, Corey Shriver, Cisco Portland, And of course, Wendy Popkin, director of the Orla Education Foundation, my co-host. Thanks for joining me today. 
I'm your host, Greg Astley, Director of Government Affairs for Orla. Thanks for listening.